This was because my family thinks he's really a good guy. I mean, he probably is, but sometimes good people do bad things. Hey there, Zesties! You're listening to the Gleeful Talk Show, where we share zesty stories to cultivate the happiness and hero within and out. We talk about personal experiences, pop culture, and social impacts, so if this is right up your alley, please do keep on listening. Before we dive right in, please don't forget to rate and follow this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. While you're at it, share it to your friends, the more the merrier. If you've been here for a while, thank you so much for being with me in this journey. The podcast has definitely evolved since it started. Big thanks to our patrons for your support each month. If you Zesties would like to give me a cup of coffee or two, please click on the link on the episode notes to find out how. Life has its ups and downs heartaches and heartbreaks did you recall your last heartbreak zesties not the kind of heartbreak when you learn that henry cavill will no longer be Geralt in season four of the witcher (laughs) and shout out to our nerdy fan friends for those who know what i'm talking about So not that kind of heartbreak, but the kind of heartbreak where you feel literally that your heart is breaking or something very painful in your chest. The kind of pain that sometimes it's hard to bear, even physically. And apparently, this feeling or syndrome isn't actually just made up from songs or from your brain playing tricks on you because you've missed your loved one. This is actually a real physical thing and a phenomenon, I'd say. This is more evident with older people losing their loved ones or their partner. You notice that the grieving partner will die a few days or months later. So that kind of heartbreak. Apparently, this is actually a a thing, Zesties, and it's called broken heart syndrome or cardiomyopathy or Takotsubo syndrome, TS for short. Takotsubo syndrome was first described in Japan in 1990, so the quote-unquote discovery is still quite recent, so around 32 years ago, but even so, it's only been recognized in the last 10 years. It's only been recognized recently because this predominantly affects women and heart diseases in women has been historically under-researched and under-recognized. I feel that a lot of things are indeed under-researched and under-recognized anyway. And there's always this notion that women are more resilient than men and men usually have the weaker heart. But according to the British Heart Foundation, a woman is 50% more likely than a man to receive the wrong initial diagnosis for a heart attack and less likely to receive potentially life-saving treatments in a timely way. Takutsubo takes its name from a Japanese octopus trapping pot which resembles the shape of the distressed 
left heart ventricle seen in broken heart syndrome patients. It refers to a sudden cardiac weakening that is usually the result of severe stress. Doctors recognized the link between emotional well-being and heart health and the main theory is that it's triggered by an acute stressful event that causes a release of hormones into the bloodstream that sort of mimics a heart attack with chest pain shortness of breath and sometimes collapse it can sometimes be life-threatening and would lead to impaired heart function the triggers could be different for everyone but most of the time it's linked to the loss of a loved one I don't know about you, but do you remember that feeling when your chest is aching literally because of the hurt? Even though before, it's only present in songs about heartbreak and could sometimes be sounding exaggerated, but it looks like it's actually really happening physically. That's why this phenomenon is described as broken heart syndrome and in some cases, we see these especially in oldies that the partner dies suddenly within days of each other. Other triggers could also be a sudden illness and I guess when one gets extremely depressed because of it and I've seen it in cancer patients as well. Other things like accident, financial loss, intense fear or even natural disaster. Did you know that 80 to 90% of patients with TS are women and it generally affects people over age of 50, often the postmenopausal women? I think it's also part of their physiology, right? Because of the hormones and all of the changes happening in the woman's body when they are at that age. People who have anxiety or depression may have higher risk of broken heart syndrome as well as people who have neurological disorders. For those people who smoke and abuse alcohol constantly, their respiratory complications worsen when they experience takotsubo. Now, my question to you Zestes is... When was your last heartbreak and how did you manage it? Well, for me, I spoke about the loss of my mother a lot of times, so I'm going to skip that on this episode and perhaps talk about other heartaches I've had in the past. The sort of romantic love type of heartaches. (laughs) If I look back when I was younger, I think the last heartbreak I felt was when I was in my late 20s, I think. But it wasn't as bad as what I felt when I was in my early 20s and even when I was maybe even younger than that. So it's either I got more resilient in heartaches or I just didn't care that much on the second one. So I was in a committed relationship perhaps around three years at that time. Couldn't really remember. But what I clearly remember was that he cheated on me. And the same thing was also what happened to me on when I was 23, so in a different relationship. So, Suki, no. <laughs> 
Suki is a Filipino term for being a patron of something. So if you frequent some shop, then you're a suki at that shop. So it's like I, I was a suki at having heartaches at that time. But even though I was cheated on, I am glad that I wasn't the one who cheated. But it did really hurt at that time. And the one when I was in my late 20s was an odd one, actually. Uh, quite an odd one. I kind of hinted on this on the past episodes, but I haven't really delved into it that much since we are on this topic, then I will on this episode. So in my late 20s, I was in this three-year committed relationship and there was a time that I needed to go to the UK for work. It was just a couple of months, not a biggie, right? So I went there and I was really busy with work when I came back. The thing is, my work timings were different from his. So we usually just meet on the weekends or sometimes we go together for dinner on weeknights. And then after dinner, I go back to work. My work timings were in European time zone at that time. So I was extremely busy when I came back from London, but we did still try to find time to see each other on weekends. Although I kind of noticed that he was a bit different and even though I asked him what's happening or why you seem different, he didn't really confess on anything like no one confesses on anything, right? <laughs> like if you're a thief, you will not confess that you're a thief or something like that, as the saying goes. So my suspicions were heightened when one night, I couldn't remember clearly whether it was a weekday or a weeknight, but weeknights I usually finish at around 12am or 1am depending on the daylight saving time in Europe. So one night his older brother texted me and he was looking for him. I was extremely surprised that at around 11 p.m. or 12 a.m., he isn't at home yet and he wasn't even with me at that time. Our families were kind of close already and we lived 10 minutes away by car. So I said to his brother that no, he isn't with me and I asked his friends and he wasn't with them either. So from there, it really kind of confirmed what my gut was telling me, the difference in how he treated me lately. But I still wanted to know directly from him, right? I mean, who doesn't want to know directly from the person? So I kept asking and he was evasive and I can't remember how I eventually found out actually. I guess his friends could have told me. I, I really forgot. But after finding it out, it felt felt like a thorn being taken out of me. I was badly hurt, but more of the feeling of betrayal, not because he's like away from me anymore or something like that, but more of betrayal is the person you trust has betrayed you, that kind of hurt, whether it was romantically or, you know, platonically. That type of feeling of betrayal was much more hurting than how it really was and the type of thing that you didn't deserve to know the truth however i would say even though that was a quote unquote heartbreak i think my late 20s self handled it with grace 
it wasn't as bad as when I had my other heartbreaks when I was in my teens or early 20s. It's either because I already felt it was coming anyway, rather than hoping that we would eventually end up together. So I guess maybe my gut felt that the relationship will end anyway, something like that. So I guess there was something in me that felt that way. And then it just got confirmed when that happened then eventually he kept chasing me even after i learned about the cheating incident which was really totally unnecessary of him <laughs> like man just go away <laughs> another thing that hurt me the most was not him but because my parents were okay about him cheating saying that it's just normal this was because my family thinks he's really a good guy. I mean, he probably is, but sometimes good people do bad things. There isn't any normalcy in cheating whatsoever, not an ounce, really. And they wanted me to forgive him. Then my parents should have had the relationship with him, right? I think that's what hurt me more than the guy actually cheating on me. That was a part I couldn't get over all the more to the point that i wanted to move out of the house in the philippines and a lot of asian countries the kids don't really move out of the house until they get married and even if they are already married sometimes or in some cases they still stayed in their own houses with their parents and that's part of our culture which is the extended family culture so maybe my second to the last heartbreak was actually when my parents were pushing me for that relationship that has already been tainted. And to be honest, it wasn't even a toxic relationship. It was quite a good relationship, I'd say. But perhaps it was just a fallout and the guy just cheated. Anyway, my early 20s self or teen self would have been even more devastated than how I felt at that time. It's not to say I wasn't devastated, but the damage that it has done to me wasn't as bad as if I would have been younger. Maybe because I was a little more resilient than before, as I mentioned, and maybe because I had a good support system at that time or a combination of a lot of things. I remember when I was in my early 20s, I literally felt the physical pain of the heartache, like how this Takotsubo syndrome is being described, and it's not fun at all. Though I'm not really sure whether it was literally TS, but based on the description, it felt like. And I was quite young at that time. So I don't know because most of the, the risk factors that I mentioned earlier was with mainly commonly in postmenopausal women, but that type of feeling. So I'm not sure whether how the teens nowadays are responding to heartache, but I hope they do ask for help and, you know, not do anything drastic. So I think if any of you have tendencies on this, please take precautions in literally taking care of your heart. According to a professor of medicine at the University of Sydney, Gemma Figtree, 
people with Takotsubo syndrome often require considerable support management to help minimize symptoms and complications of acute heart failure, which would include supporting their lungs and circulation in an intensive care environment while the heart muscle and function recovers. The good, news I- the good news is, for most individuals, the heart function fully recovers. There is also a subtle evidence of ongoing inflammation in the heart muscle that may last for many months after the discharge from the hospital. It's literally like you are mending a broken heart, isn't it? I'm not a doctor, but based on experience, what I can say is that we should protect our hearts. Whether you are prone to Takotsubo syndrome or not, you should still be very well guarded with your heart, your trust, and your whole self. Of course, if you lose a loved one, it's going to be a lot more difficult than just a heartache. And to be honest, it actually doesn't get any better. If you lost a loved one, like your loved one died like if you lost your loved one permanently you might think you're doing okay now but after a few weeks or months you just cry suddenly because you missed your loved one it's not actually a straight line recovery and even if you are physically recovered say from the inflammation you would still feel a missing piece or sometimes a bit of pain when when remembering them Even for me, I would still feel very sad seeing my mom's photos because I miss her so much and sometimes to the point that I can't look at her her photos at all. Anyway, in terms of romantic heartaches, I think the key is to not succumb to the nothingness and the pain and see that there is a light at the end of the tunnel easy for me to say right but please bear with me (laughs) sometimes we find ourselves too deep into the loneliness that we don't see the light and what's ahead of us or sometimes even the meaning behind what has happened so even though i'm saying it now like easy for me to say but i have been in that situation as well so take it from me And for example, in my case, if I have clung into that guy who cheated on me as he kept on chasing me even after I discovered about the cheating and if I went with my parents' advice about, you know, giving him a second chance, then I would have missed the chance of meeting a great guy, which is my husband now. I mean, second chances are necessary, don't get me wrong, but I guess trusting your gut about it is really essential. I totally believe in instinct and gut feel, to be really honest. So I don't know why some people say we need to be logical, etc. But there's just something in the gut that is really profound. (laughs) Interesting our instincts, we also should remember to take action on it. I know, I know, it's not easy. And sometimes we don't act on our instincts because we doubt it. It is totally understandable. However, we must try our best to pivot from the setbacks and realize as early as possible. I don't think anything is too late unless you're already in your deathbed, right? So learn to trust your gut, guard your heart, and get in tune with your inner self. I think that's the three things that could help us avoid Takotsubo syndrome. Things like exercise and relaxation are both very important in minimizing stress that would trigger Takotsubo syndrome. 
doing this alongside with trusting your gut could help us avoid and or navigate such heartbreaks. So I hope that this episode has shed some light and reminded us to guard our hearts, Zesties. We only have one life, so let's make the most out of it. Thanks for listening. And if you like this episode or would like to support this podcast, please click the link on the episode notes to buy me a cup of coffee or two. If you'd like to share your heartbreak experience and learnings, please send it to gleefultalkshow at gmail.com in either audio or text format and I might read or play it on the next episode. For audio formats, please make sure to record at a maximum of one minute in a quiet environment. I hope to hear from you soon. Mm-hmm.